Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Uh, well, Jim, uh, I'm glad that my emotions for the season are not tied to the Minnesota Vikings, because if they were, I didn't have a great Christmas. But my Christmas was excellent. Uh, uh, I'm glad yours was as well and is continuing to be. But uh, for the Vikings themselves, uh, you know, they, they didn't get a good backup quarterback so far in their Christmas stocking. No. Uh, Mullins, I didn't have high expectations for him, but he hasn't even reached my low expectations. The, the turnover is just ridiculous. So you look at his history, he's always turned the ball over, and he got to play in you know, a really good offense in San Francisco and really didn't do much there. So he, you know, he will put the ball up. He will give his receivers a chance to make a play. But not a lot of arm. He wants to, he wants to play like Brett Favre, and he doesn't have Brett Favre's arm or brain. Mm, yep. So he just ends up throwing soft passes up in the air and, you know, sometimes his receivers will make spectacular catches on them. Sometimes his receivers will make spectacular catches and get destroyed because the ball's hanging in the air. And sometimes it's just easy, I mean, easy interception. These are not, people are not having to stretch to make interceptions on Nick Mullins. He's basically just throwing it right to them. You just, you just can't function like that. Um, you know, so really disappointing. And now I think, Mathematically, the Vikings have a 19% chance to make the playoffs. Obviously, they need to win their last two games, which is not out of the question if they get decent quarterback play. And they need the Seahawks and the Rams to lose. And, you know, it's a long shot, but at this point of the season, you're also looking at Hawkinson being out, uh, you know, terrible list of injuries. It just doesn't, doesn't feel very promising at the moment. Yeah, I was going to ask you anything definitive on Hawkinson or just uh, looking at what happened to him in their postgame comments. The rumor is that it's a it's a knee injury and he might be out the rest of the season. Oh boy, um, I don't I haven't seen that confirmed, but that's kind of so I've heard that, but I haven't heard it from anybody. I would say it, you know sounds official. It's just that's the scuttlebutt is he's probably not going to play again this year, but it's not fact yet. That's just more speculation. And then DJ Wanham, that's similar news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he's out, and I think that's a bad injury, and it's too bad he was having a great year, um, you know, and really a popular guy in that locker room. Uh, was kinda, this is kind of his breakout season, sad deep seat, and that way. Yeah, that's for sure. How about Jordan Addison? Any word on him? You know, it's just an ankle. I don't think it's particularly serious. Um, you know, with basically with Monday being Christmas, we didn't get any kind of update that yeah. we usually get from O'Connell on Monday, so we're flying in the dark here a little bit. I would guess he'd be okay this week, but I this again, it's just a guess at this moment. Yeah. Uh, when he's been pretty definitive early in the week, and when there has been questions about who's going to start at quarterback, do you suspect that'll be the case again this week or because of, you know, maybe a different uh, schedule for him this week that he'll wait on that? I would think on Wednesday he will let us know. I just think he believes in, you know, first of all, you can try to hide it, but you're, whoever is taking first – team snaps in the Wednesday practice, that's going to get out. Mm-hmm. So why not, you know, why not, instead of acting like you're the CIA, why not just say, hey, here's our quarterback this week, we have confidence in him, let's go for it. I think he'll make an announcement tomorrow. And who do you think that will be? <sighs> I hope it's Hall. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be Hall. I just think, you know, I think the first thing you want to your, your backup quarterback is to not lose the game. And I feel like Mullins has kind of lost two games. Yeah. So if he were playing conservatively and not really playing all that well but avoiding turnovers, then I think he'd stick with them. The fact that he just is so willing to give the ball up, is so willing to put the ball at risk, I think it's time to see Hall. 
I I think it was interception number three. Anyway, we you don't really see O'Connell get into his guys' faces very often and uh, show his frustrations with a uh, particular player. He uh, uh, I think he oftentimes looks more annoyed at himself for a play call than anything. But the one pick when Mullins came off, O'Connell got right up to him, palms in the air, like, what are you doing uh, here? It, it certainly appeared as though he's probably had enough of him at this point. I think so. He was pretty diplomatic after the game. One thing I've learned about O'Connell is um, he his post-game comments – Sometimes they're right on, and sometimes he's being diplomatic. Mm-hmm. felt like he was being diplomatic about Mullins uh, on Sunday, or whatever day it was the game was. I've got all my days mixed up. Um, I, just, I just don't know how you look at that film and say, okay, this guy gave us a chance. And again, not only is he throwing just ridiculous interceptions and putting the ball at risk, he also had a fumble that was overturned. Yep. Um, but he also he, he is going to get a receiver concussed. Yeah. I mean, he just hangs the ball out there with no regard for per- for the safety of his receivers. Yeah, and you know the last pick uh, that sealed the game. It was so open. If he leads Jefferson into the end zone, and I heard his I heard his explanation say, "Am I leading him or put it on him?" And I'm thinking, well, right there, that's a bad uh, process because you yeah. know we could all see the film and see was wide open in front of Jefferson, away from the defender. There was maybe that other corner coming over, but he was quite a ways over. And instead, he tries to fire it in there, and because there's tension in his hand, it comes out wrong. He throws a duck, and it's picked. That was that was really a terrible interception. That was a terrible interception. Now, what I would say, too, these last two games, is a lot of his best plays were great plays by the receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. you see, you've seen people, you know, he's not hitting people in stride. When he completes a pass, he, I will give him credit, the Osborne throw down the middle was really nice. He made yep. a couple nice throws to Osborne. Yep. Most of his most of his yardage have come on great catches by receivers because the ball wasn't really in great position to be caught. Uh, I also thought like he has Johnny Munt wide open for a touchdown down the right sideline, yep. and he underthrow underthrows him. Um, it's hard to underthrow Johnny Munt. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. That would have been a touchdown there. I think did they field goal that, or was that one of his uh, turnovers there in the red zone then? Uh, no, I think Munt caught it, but yep. instead of leading him into the end zone, he kind of threw it where. It could be contested, and I think he caught it for a shorter game, but I, right. I'm blank on that at the moment. Yeah, and I couldn't finish. I couldn't remember how the drive finished, I guess, is what yeah. I was thinking of. Right. Yeah, because it was clear it would have been a touchdown with a decent throw. Uh, so another yeah. spectacular catch by Jefferson on third and 27. Another signature catch to the season if they could have gone in and scored a touchdown. But uh, his attitude probably doesn't change toward signing a contract extension no matter what happens down the stretch here, does it? I mean, because without Cousins there? I think he wants. Uh, I think the only thing that would change for Jefferson. I think he wants a long-term contract. I think he likes it here. I think he likes O'Connell. Players like Quezzi and O'Connell the way they run things, and the wells, the facilities. Uh, I think the only thing that would change Jefferson's attitude would be if would be if the Vikings told him we're not bringing Cousins back and you're going to have to play with a rookie and we don't even know who the rookie's going to be. I think that might change things. Uh, so, you know, if you're Jefferson. You have all this leverage. You probably don't sign a deal until you see what they do at the quarterback position. Because yeah. I don't think Jefferson wants out, but if they made decisions at quarterback that he didn't like, then that might change his mind. Uh, the Niners looked uh, pedestrian yesterday, and their young quarterback, Brock Purdy, uh, throws four picks himself in that ball game. Have you changed your thoughts on how good the Niners are? Uh, 
I don't think they're really good. Mm. But so I, I, I was just stunned how good the Ravens looked. Yeah, you know, because they're without Mark Andrews might be the second best player in the roster. Without him, Keith Mitchell is going to be the kind of the secret weapon, big play back who is just eating up yards every time he touched the ball. They lose those two guys, and they didn't miss them at all. And largely because Jackson is great. Um, and they just, they're so well coached. They're such a good defense. And so I was surprised. I thought the 49ers would win that game. I thought it would be a tough game. I thought the 49ers would win that game. I'm very surprised they lost by that margin. I'm very surprised surprised the game is over by the third quarter. And I'm very surprised that Purdy looked that pedestrian. Um, I think the Ravens did a great job. Obviously, some of the interceptions were not pure interceptions where he just made a bad decision. It was more tip pass, something like that. But yeah. I'll tell you the other thing, if you're a Viking fan, watching the game, watching Kyle Hamilton make plays all over the field, it's got to make you sick to your stomach. And then you got Lewis Seams when they could have had Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, it sure does. Boy, I had forgot that aspect of it. Yeah, thanks for making me feel a little worse about it, actually. Yes. <laughs> Hey, uh, nice win Saturday for the Timberwolves. Again, beating a very good Sacramento team and and handling them now. They didn't have all of their guys, I don't think. Yeah, they did. Sacramento was healthy. Good win for the Wolves on Saturday. Sacramento was healthy, playing at Sacramento. Yeah. Um, with a target on your back, now you're the number one seed without Carl Anthony Towns, and they just took it to them. Yeah. Just great. And, and just, listen, the offense is really good, and they have – a lot of talent. They can beat you a lot of different ways offensively, especially when Towns is healthy. But the defense is phenomenal. The de- anytime anybody tells you NBA players don't play defense, tell them just to watch the Timberwolves game. Mm-hmm. They're flying around. They're contesting every three-point shot. They're, they're physical inside. In fact, I think one of the reasons they get off to slow starts is, you know, they start off games just playing basketball and forgetting that you, how, how physical you have to be to defend NBA players. And then anytime they get in a close game or get behind, they they kind of wake up and go, "Oh yeah, we really got to bust it here yeah. for those defense to work." Yeah. And then they will just clamp down on people in the third quarter. Yeah, fun to watch, that's for sure. Jim, thanks so yeah. much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, thank you, Todd. Yeah, thanks for joining us, uh, Jim Suhan, with us here on Live and Five Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.